It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And we will take your calls and thoughts about whatever you want. Uh, conflict has erupted in Iraq today. Uh, apparently Still? In, in Baghdad. No, big, uh, big time. Not involving us this time, though. Well, well I was United never involved. Yeah, yeah, not involving the American government. Correct. Uh, although it is what is called the green zone, the fortified green zone, where the apparently presidential palace and U.S. embassy are situated. Protesters stormed that palace today. And protesters did, on which side? We'll get into it. We'll okay. get into it. Because I have a hard time believing. Live in, oh, go ahead. I have a hard time believing that the American government isn't somehow involved in this, either because they destabilized the region. In 2003, mm-hmm. and it's been sort of catastrophic since then, or because, you know, you've got CIA agents out there, you know, you do. throwing fuel on the fires. One way or the other, I suspect the American government calls this. I don't know. I, I figure anybody who lives in a thing called a palace needs to have that stormed. And it was, and protesters <laughs> took over the, the presidential pool and everything today. So, oh, really? Well, it's probably hot over there, yeah, so I mean, kudos to them on that. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty entertaining. Of course, there's also, you know, it's not just entertaining, it's pretty serious. Like, there's there's trucks shooting at people, and it's it's nuts right now over there. Even the trucks uh, are shooting at people. Yeah, guns mounted oh, on the, okay. uh, the trucks. Uh, so let's go to your calls and thoughts first, though. We got Ridley on the line in our very own New Hampshire. Dave Ridley, go ahead. Hey, Ian, have you ever had someone call in to share your own wisdom with you? Uh, no, that's a little strange. Uh, <laughs> why? To, I, re- I realize that's kind of what I'm doing today. Uh, it's your wisdom from 2008 or maybe 2007. Uh, so uh, there was a, like, an interesting broadcast that you had where you were sharing, you know, how, how people had burned out, you know, after the, getting their hopes too high during the Ron Paul uh, campaign. Sure. Uh, and uh, I think I feel like we are kind of in a similar mode right now to, to you know, the, the height of the Ron Paul campaign before that burnout uh, set in. I think in New Hampshire right now, there's a sort of a euphoric uh, thing going on. People are very optimistic. Suddenly it feels like there's all kinds of things we can do that we could never do before mm-hmm. for liberty. Um, but I, I think it would not be surprising to me, that despite that, if we actually do pretty badly in the, uh, in the coming election, uh, mm-hmm. as we have before when we're in this situation, right? As we, you know, we did badly with the, you know, kind of somewhat badly with the Ron, Ron Paul thing. And we've been, you know, we've been thrown out of power several, several, you know, several times now, depending on how you, we were in power. Uh, well, sort of, I mean, Nobody told sort of, me. It's a toehold. It's a toehold of power, right? Um, I think what you're referring to is a sort of the ebbs and flows of the libertarians here in New Hampshire mm-hmm. getting elected, that some years there weren't as many elected as other years. Is that what you mean by mm-hmm. what you talking about, Ridley? Yeah, or when uh, Benson, Craig Benson, the governor, who was friendly, completely friendly to us, was thrown out right after that. Um, th- th- that kind of thing could happen again. Well, let's clarify something before you go on. The the governor you're talking about uh, at the time, he's made some kind of statement regarding the Free State Project, which had, I think, had just barely selected New Hampshire. So there really wasn't any movement mm. at that time uh, of which to speak. And I think he said something to the effect of, yeah, come on in. 
we'd love to have you, basically. I mean, it's a paraphrase mm-hmm. of whatever it was. So I don't think his statement uh, in any way contributed to his not getting elected. He just, you know, didn't win, or I don't right. even know if he ran, but, you know, people voted for somebody else. So I don't think Free Stater, Free State Project in any way was even on anyone's radar uh, at that time. If you asked uh, the quote-unquote political experts they would have blown off the idea of the Free State Project at that time. So that wasn't a factor uh, at that time. But I think you're right. There is a possibility that the numbers of Free Staters in the State House could go down after this year. But we don't really know, right? Like, But I think you're right. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to prepare people for that. Is that the point of your call, Ridley? Yeah, this would just be a normal historical swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, you know, we've had it our way for a while now, and we usually don't have it our way for very long. Well, uh, it could also go know. up, to be fair, but I, I think... It could, or stay the same. I don't think Republicans in general are going to do very well this election. I, I think it belongs wholesale to the Democrats. You think at a state level? I, I think at all case? levels across the board. Uh, forgiving student loan debt, that that that, that, w- that was a killer. You think uh, they're going to buy people with that? On top, that the idea? Yeah, on top of that and the status of Roe abortion right now, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Democrats all the way. I don't like it, but I think that's what the results are going to be. Hmm. hmm. I think some other people would say that Republicans have uh, a leg up this time around because of all the corruption that's that's come out with the Hunter Biden, the FBI uh, going to. Uh, but they just raided Trump as well. And that looks even worse. Yeah. And the thing about fascists is they tend to have the ability to be completely unaware of the corruption of their own side. Sure. I mean, they uh, pretty much just straight denial. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, so I, I don't know. I, I could see it going, uh, going either way. Um, yeah, me too. But the uh, I would, I would not be surprised just because, um, you know, a lot of the real control freaks have noticed us and awakened oh, yeah. for a little while. And, uh, you know, I think and right now, I mean, they seem to be tricking some people into believing we're like Trump supporters or something, mm-hmm. um, which is annoying. Um, sure. Well, they're the going to lie. The haters are going to lie yeah. about us and they're going to collectivize. They're going to say, uh, I think you, you made this point the other night at uh, an event we had here in Keene. That there's a group, uh, there was a free stater apparently, purportedly, who came out with a list of churches recently yeah. in New Hampshire, and they're quote unquote woke churches. And well, s- not all of them are woke, but but it's noted on one edge of the list, like what the politics of each uh-huh. church is. So in some cases, um, as I understand it, it it says, "Oh yeah, these guys are kind of conservative. Ah, these okay. guys are kind of woke." I haven't even seen the and, list, so and, I know. you know, and so they they make these this assumption that of course we hate the ones that are woke, and it's like, well, you know, if I was going to go to a Christian church. Uh, I'd I'd ask myself why, but if I was going to go to a Christian church, I would be looking for one that was at least halfway woke, mm-hmm. because you know I'm not a straight man. But some of the and people they it, don't like people who aren't straight in a lot of Christian churches. Some of the pastors apparently of these churches are taking this as some sort of a threat. Yeah, well, there's there's basically a group called the uh, the New Hampshire. 
uh, uh, New Hampshire Council of Churches mm-hmm. or New Hampshire something of church. I should know it. I act, I was actually on the phone with them today. Oh, okay. Um, and and basically they they took it as a threat. And then there was a list of synagogues as well. And there was like, oh, my God, they're after the Jews. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what Murray Rothbard and, and Ludwig von Mises said to do, who are both, of course, Jews. Jews. Yeah. Um, you know, half of my heroes are Jews, Milton Friedman. But anyway, the uh, so they... Uh, so anyway, they're just—they're overreacting. They're—they're they're pro- projecting nonsense onto us. Yeah. So basically, uh, well, this comes back to the idea that free staters must be Republicans and must be right. Yeah, because if you're not and- a Democrat, you have to be a Republican. This is, there isn't anything else to be. Well, free staters aren't doing themselves a whole lot of favor in that regard by constantly going out there and demonizing what they consider to be quote woke. That makes them sound mm-hmm. like Republicans and conservatives. I mean, if it looks like a duck and sounds like a duck, chances mm-hmm. are, don't don't be mad at me when I think it's a duck. Well, and and yeah, the thing is, there's there's a wide uh, variety of that. I appreciate a certain level of of woke. I mean, I I go to Black Lives Lives Matter events. I I'm non traditional sexually, and I'm certainly I don't. I could care less who anybody else sleeps with. I want to continue the conversation here, Ridley. If you want to stay for it, you're welcome to. We'll talk about activist burnout. Uh, Aria predicts Democrats sweeping the elections coming up. I don't know. I don't know if predicting is right. There's more coming up. We'll talk about it. And you can join us here on Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We'll get into what happened in Baghdad today. And you can, of course, take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want to talk about here tonight. You've got Ian. Nobody. And Aria. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. That is where you can go to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And somebody just informed me uh, that was a comment that was posted on one of our videos. They'd asked previously about the uh, we used to promote a like a feature that was a different website that is now I'm not going to give the site because it's, it's offline at this point, but it was a a system to allow you to deposit either Dash or Bitcoin Cash, and then you would get like these printable mm, uh, yeah. codes. I know what you're referring to. Yeah, and then the but the person you, who managed that is dead. The person who managed that died, so that site's gone, sadly. Uh, but uh, the code it wasn't being used very often, so luckily there was no crypto that was like sitting in it, basically that I'm, I'm aware of. Well, it was also programmed that if there was crypto sitting in it, in theory, it would have returned after some amount of time. That is true. That's true. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that, that website's gone, but apparently Bitcoin.com also has a feature like this. Okay. That's good news. As I understand it. And if I can, I'll see if I can find what the, uh, the actual URL was. He, the gentleman says it's gifts, G-I-F-T-S dot Bitcoin.com. I presume that's only going to work for Bitcoin cash. I obviously cannot use this, uh, this feature because, 
like you, Aria, were restricted on our bail conditions. So I can't tell you for sure how it works or how well it works. But or if it works. Well, yeah. I mean, if they published it, it yeah. works. Yeah, I, I, I trust Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't think Roger and his crew would put something on the website that, that hasn't been tested. But by all means... Feel free to test it out and give us some feedback on how this thing works. So if you want to gift someone some Bitcoin cash, all you have to do is go to gifts.bitcoin.com and then follow whatever the instructions are there to uh, to go through that process. If it's anything like what we used to have over at, uh, was, the site was called CryptoTip. But uh, if it was anything like that, it was a pretty cool site. Like you said, uh, you, you would deposit some crypto. If you didn't, if somebody didn't redeem the crypto within a certain amount of time, then the crypto would come back to you, which is a nice feature to be able to have. I'm pretty sure that's the same system they've implemented here. Uh, and I'm glad to see that somebody else is doing that because I always thought that was such a cool method of spreading cryptocurrency. And so check oh, that out. Oh, it was out. awesome. Hey, yeah. here's an extra $20 tip for you. All you have to do right. is scan this QR code. Yeah, so check that out at gifts.bitcoin.com. Of course, Bitcoin. It would also allow you to send uh, Bitcoin to someone without having a wallet-to-wallet contact. Correct. It's like using a mixer. Yeah, you could basically leave it on a anywhere. Right? You could leave it a, on top of a tip that you leave at a restaurant. You could leave it inside a book at a library. I mean, you name it. It's it just post one up at the local laundromat, uh, wherever you thought people would, would see it. It was a cool, really cool outreach tool. And I think it was originally inspired by a website called BTC Tip. And again, I have no idea if that one is is still around either but these are neat ways to kind of do outreach basically with with cryptocurrency now if you want to learn the basics about crypto just go to bitcoin.com and click on get started at the top of the page we're bringing uh, dave ridley back on the line here and Ridley, you're talking about the potential that we may see some burnout coming up here in the next few months with the election just around the corner here the midterm elections historically Midterms have, at least in recent decades, have usually been sort of a, a pendulum swing back. So if the Democrats won in in the year two, uh, 2020, then the Republicans will win in 2022. Now, Aria, you're saying you don't necessarily think that's going to be the case because of the Roe versus Wade situation and some other thing that I've forgotten. Yeah, I think the way I said it during the break was that um, on the spectrum of things that could happen, I think the Democrats taking a majority or being being overwhelming, I don't know about overwhelmingly, but being mostly successful is the one that I find most likely. Well, it's going to be interesting. I think that one prediction I had heard is that both the Republicans and the Democrats are going to turn out more people because the Democrats are going to be motivated because of the reasons we've already stated. But the Republicans are going to be motivated because of the attack on Trump, for instance, like with the FBI coming in, Mm -hmm. they want to do something about it. And that's, of course, what I think Democrats care a lot more about abortion than Republicans do about Trump, though. You might be right. That that may be true. But, you know, the other thing that's that's been going on that even I've been finding annoying is um, just the incessant whining of the Democrats about Trump. Even two years after he's out of Mm -hmm. office, it's just this constant throne 
Oh, that. dude, you can't even go to MSNBC anymore. It's just disgusting. I don't know if it's still like this, just but last time Trump. I checked, it was just Trump this. If they weren't talking about Trump, they were talking about the January 6th riots. It's like, this dude's been out of... Riots? Out- How dare you? It was an insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I think they the use, science is settled. I think they use riots on MSNBC more often really? than they use insurrection. Wow. That's more but, I mean, honest than I would expect from them. Well, I mean, well, it wasn't a riot either, but no, I, I stopped going there because it was just nonstop. This is what the Republicans and Karl Rove and Donald Trump are doing to destroy your life and take away your rights and throw the gay people in the ovens or whatever kind of crazy fear mongering they're working on these days. Ridley, mm-hmm. uh, other comments uh, or predictions for the coming election? Well, this whole bit. All right, so he's going to bad sell. It's kind of hard to understand what he's saying, but I think he was saying that uh, it's been swinging back and forth for a long period of time here in New Hampshire with the, the Liberty Movement. This year, though, is an unprecedented year. This isn't just your average election. I know people say that all the time, right? Like, this is the most important election. I'm not saying it's the most important election. Oh, it's completely unimportant, but it is interesting. <laughs> but it is an unprecedented year in that, at least for the Free State Project, for the, the Free State Project, which is this concept of libertarians migrating to New Hampshire and getting active. This year is the year, more so than any other previous year, that the, the people... Getting close who, to saying it's the most important one in your lifetime. No, no, no I'm not going to talk about that. This is the year, more than any other previous year, that the Free Staters are being attacked. Openly attacked in a very organized fashion. There's mainstream media hit pieces, opinion pieces that are being written in multiple publications. There's letters to the editor going out all over the place to different uh, media. The people who are you know, in power, some of the state reps and, uh, and like the chairman of the Democratic Party, like as high up as it goes, the chairman of the Democratic Party in New Hampshire is regularly attacking free staters, as are his lowers as well. So they are all out going out against the, uh, the free state project. We had this Karen attack the, uh, the liberty-loving reps that supported independence last week. She lost. But again, that's another example of how this sort of multi-pronged mm-hmm. approach against the free staters, naming names, outing. Now, they've yeah. named names before, but not at this level. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how well the free staters weather this particular attack this, this year. Yeah, well, the Karens are definitely out in force. And uh, the thing is, I don't expect them to have a particularly long attention span. And the difference between them and us in the long term is we got nowhere else to go. That's true. Ridley, thanks for the call. We'll let you go. Bad signal there, I think. uh, But I'm sure we'll hear from him again at some point. If you want to join the program, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. More coming up here on Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Live. The phones are open here. If you want to join the show, you can. The number is 
603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And you can join us uh, online anytime you want. Head over to our social media platform. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts there at social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. Uh, bullionmax.com can help you own the most stable assets in recorded history. That is gold and silver. You can buy direct from Bullion Max without talking to a salesperson and your precious metal ship fully insured directly to your home. And Free Talk Live can get you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. All you have to do is go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, and the offer is limited to just one per household. So get yours now at bullionmax.com slash FTL. We found Bullion Max, by the way, through Ron Paul because he came on our show a few months ago. And he was like their new representative, basically. He signed an agreement with uh, with Bullion Max. And I thought, you know what? If if they're good enough for Ron Paul, we need to talk to these folks. So I'm glad to uh, hmm. glad to have them on board here with Free Talk Live. Bullionmax.com slash FTL. As we continue here, we were talking with Ridley just a moment ago about this election coming up here uh, across the U.S. Obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of turnout, more so than your typical midterm elections. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me how things go. I understand a lot of people put some you know, stock in what happens in national elections as somebody who believes in independence. Uh, mm. I want to go. I want to leave regardless of whether the Republicans or Democrats win. Uh, mm. Oh, absolutely. Whichever side wins, of course, will be the side to which uh, the other side should be marketed to as far as independence is concerned. So whoever loses uh, mm. will be more ripe for the ideas of leaving the United States. So I'll, I'll target anybody mm. with that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the case. I think the chances of um I think the chances of actually seeing some some progress along those lines are higher uh, if the Democrats end up running the government because the uh, you know the problem is the the Democrats kind of need the Republicans as victims because most of the uh, most of the the people who are actually in business are not democrats so yeah. uh you know they they need them as tax cattle whereas the republicans don't need the democrats for anything hmm. they're just an annoyance to them um and we're seeing a lot more of national divorce trending right now yes, we're seeing a lot of God. upset amongst republicans at things like the fbi for mm-hmm. the first time in many cases and so certainly a democrat democrat win would continue that frustration and that upset yeah. with those with those folks and i think that mm-hmm. that we could certainly benefit uh from playing off of that to some extent yeah i'm i'm really i'm really curious because there was it looked like it was going to be a republican sweep mm-hmm. and not then, so much now though no no, no. i mean strategically doing the roe versus wade thing now was a terrible plan mm-hmm. for them it was yeah. weird to watch it though because at first i thought it was going to go the opposite direction like when the when it was first leaked mm-hmm. rather than when it was official it seemed to inspire the Republican base. They were like, yes, we're making progress, and they were excited. But then it actually happened, and Republicans were no longer excited, and instead, 
Democrats were the ones who were passionate about it. So that really could have gone either way, mm. right? With the Republicans cheering them like, yes, we need more of this. Hmm. I don't know. I saw Democrats being passionate immediately. I mean, they went out when the leak happened. They immediately went to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court and started protesting around the clock, basically. Sure. So I, I feel like that's definitely going to motivate a lot of people. But ultimately, uh, we'll it's see. It's interesting that of all the possible rights in the world, that's the only one they care about now. Hmm. I mean, they used to care about things like free speech. Democrats. Well, they care about other rights. Which ones? I well, they care about LGBTQ rights, certainly. They, they care about you know, mm. the rights of people to... Generally, they care about the rights of people to exist without being harassed by police or murdered by police. If you meet certain qualifications, Unless right? you have a drug, because they want to have a, right. a war on drugs still. But neither like Republicans nor Democrats really care about anyone's rights. No, mm. clearly. It's all just politics. Yeah. It's all just pandering. It's about which rights they're willing to mm. give up to make the other side suffer the most, or... Which sides they're, which rights they're willing to take well, to make the other side suffer the most? And here's another question. There's a lot of uh, speculation right now. Like, for instance, if you go to uh, Drudge Report, the top story is uh, Trump indictment watch with a picture of Donald Trump wearing orange, obviously photoshopped. Right? Indictment like, watch? Looks, really? Well, people believe, and it's not an unreasonable belief at this stage, that Trump's going to be indicted within some amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so the question is... Will they, if they're going to indict him, will they do it before or after the election? And what would happen whichever way? Like, if they do it beforehand, is that going to result in more people, you know, on the right-hand side turning out? Will it result in actual violence and quote-unquote civil war, as some people have been uh, predicting? It's, uh, it's an interesting time, that's for sure. I think whether Donald Trump did anything illegal according to their rules or not, and from what I can tell, it sounds like he didn't. I, I think this is when they... You don't think he did by secreting, uh, allegedly secreting documents away from No, because the he, had a, he had a standing order that the media isn't talking about, that any document that he removed from office was automatically declassified. That, that yeah. He had that standing order, and he's the president. He can do that. Yeah, well, the thing about declassification, as I understand it, is I don't believe... There's any particular procedure that a Democrat or that a, a Democrat that a president has to go to to declassify a thing. I think he can just say, "Yeah, that's declassified now." Really? So, so the thing is, proving that he didn't declassify this stuff, even if he didn't, might be really difficult. Hmm. Um, well, I gotta say, I don't know all the legal details. It's first I've heard that. Was that like an executive order or something yeah. that you're referring to? Well, I don't know if it was actually something that he wrote down or what, but I mean, it was just the policy that he had. If he removed something from the office and it was automatically declassified. Well, what, do you think the FBI isn't aware of that? No, they're aware of it. They're just saying that that's mm-hmm. an unlawful uh, policy for him. They're saying, uh-huh. oh, you're not allowed to do that. Well, according to, let's see, who is this? It's an opinion And that's piece. if the media says anything at all about it. Most of them just ignore it. This is a, an opinion piece written by, I believe, an attorney. Let me double check that. A national security attorney working in D.C. His name is Bradley Moss. He believes 
that Donald Trump is going to be indicted by a federal grand jury. And he says that even with all the redactions, the probable cause affidavit that was published by a magistrate judge in Florida makes clear three points. One, Trump was in unauthorized possession of national defense information, namely properly marked classified documents. But you're saying that those were then unclassified by virtue of the fact that Trump simply possessed them. Uh, he says, too, he was put on notice by the U.S. government that he was not permitted to retain those documents at Mar-a-Lago. And three, he continued to maintain possession of the documents and allegedly took, undertook efforts to conceal them in different places throughout the property up until the FBI finally executed a search warrant this month. So he believes that that is enough to get him indicted by a grand jury. I mean, and we yeah, know the it's not hard to get anything. an indictment. Yes, that's true. That's true. But an indictment leads to an arrest and mm. leads to a prosecution and leads to a court, Do you court really, trial. So I, they're not going to indict him and not and not charge him. I know? want to see Donald Trump arrested. I mean, I don't think the government should arrest anyone. But in the grand scheme of things and how catastrophic, how much can the government screw up? Arresting Donald Trump would be up there. I mean, that that what might would happen. Yeah. If they did, what would happen if they did arrest I don't know, Donald but that Trump? could actually kickstart some sort of violent revolution. It could. I don't think it would, but it could. Well, we've seen what uh, people consider to be a revolution, and it's walking around the the Yeah, a bunch of idiots capital. milling around taking selfies. So we'll see. But on the other hand, there that is not what's going on in Baghdad right now. There's actual violent clashes happening. People did take over the presidential palace earlier today. It's obviously uh, in the middle of the night there right now, and the shooting is continuing. We'll tell you a little bit about what's happening. Uh, and if you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us at 603-283-6160. And bring up whatever is on your mind at 603-283-6160. Of course, you can join us anytime on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams and more waiting for you there for free. Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, we can talk about some of the energy cutbacks that they're seeing in Europe, but in other international news, we're going to get into what's going on in Baghdad, where there's actual conflict in the streets going on as we speak. Videos coming out on social media showing uh, gunfire and other weaponry being brought into play. Uh, against people who apparently um, took over the presidential palace earlier today. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. If you like what we're doing here, you can support the show via our Patreon, like Dale has done. Dale is a Free Talk Live supporter of gold status meaning dale's contributing at least 10 bucks a month through our patreon you can go to amps.freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com you can get signed up there as dale has done and we certainly appreciate the support there and you get some uh, some benefits for doing that and we really appreciate it and it helps us advertise market promote and support free talk live it's amps.freetalklive.com as we uh, get into the story here, this is being reported in various different places. RT.com, that's Russia Today, uh, the source here, that uh, two people have been killed, at least, and 19 injured in clashes between security forces and supporters of influential Shiite cleric Muqtada al-Sadr. See, this is already confusing. Mm-hmm. Oh, how did they describe the, the security forces? 
from my recollection of Iraq, security forces meant the American military. Are the... I mean, the Americans, as I understand it, are mostly out now. But they are still physically there. There's still some that are there. It's not a total... But why not the police or the Iraqi military? Mm -hmm. Why why this terminology? Security forces. It's almost unique to Iraq or events happening in Iraq that these Hmm. security forces come into play instead of just... uh, Most people would call them the Iraqi police Police. or the Iraqi military. And to be clear, it's not just RT that's doing it. It's also... I had another article by The Sun in the UK, which also describes them as security forces. Well, who the hell are these security forces? (laughs) Presumably, they're the government agents. That are de- trying to defend the palace. Well, as I understand it, question. Um, there are a lot of like kind of semi-organized militias mm-hmm. that provide some security out there that are like tribal. Um, yeah. So it may well be that they're not describing them because they're not easily categorized. Or maybe because there's more than one of them that's in play. Yeah, defending that's, different that's also possible. I would imagine things. that with something like that going on, to the extent that they can get them to actually show up and fight, which historically has been a problem with the Iraqi uh, security forces, um you know, I would expect all of them. I mean, I'd expect to see military, police, uh, the tribal militias. I'd expect to see everybody in the mix. But see, you just said it, tribal militias. It's not hard for them to call these people militias instead of these vague, unknown security forces of yeah. unknown hmm. origin. That's a good point. Uh, Sky News Arabia has reported this, citing Iraqi medical sources. This is taking place near what they call the Republican Palace uh, the U.S. State Department denied reports they that... They actually call it the Republican Palace? Is that because Bush built it? No, if you recall... <laughs> they had the Republican Guard right, as well, right, I know. That's what I was going to reference. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if the Republican Guard exists anymore. I don't know if they got completely wiped out by the U.S. Uh, military back in the day, 20 years ago, or whatever it was. Uh, I would imagine, if not, they were disbanded mm-hmm. because they were... Uh, they they were elite and they were supposedly very uh, very uh, loyal to Saddam Hussein, so right. they'd want to start new units new. with new traditions. Well, the- according to Wikipedia, the Iraqi Security Forces is a term used by the United States Department of Defense to describe law enforcement and military forces of the federal government of the Republic of Iraq. Yep. It includes the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, the police the popular mobilization forces, and a few others. It's just So any agent with a gun that's an Iraqi government Yeah, person. but why would the United States Department of Defense terminology for these people just completely dominate uh, even Russia even today? Even Russian news is, yeah, is, yeah. is interesting. The deaths uh, took place in the middle of the fortified green zone where the palace and, well, I guess it's not fortified now, uh, where the palace and the U.S. Embassy are situated, according to the sources. Earlier, hundreds of protesters had pulled down Congress barriers and stormed the palace. This came after al-Sadr announced his resignation from politics following months of failed attempts to form a government in the face of opposition from rival Iran-allied Shia factions. That's the interesting thing to me is uh, is Iran was always Shia mm-hmm. and, uh, and Iraq was Sunni. So it seems like the... Uh, um, the cleric who resigned is a Shiite. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be um, that that would be generally or historically more associated with Iran than with mm-hmm. than with Iraq. Okay. Um, 
So that's that's kind kind of interesting. Hussein was a uh, was a Sunni, um, and he uh, he didn't like the Shiites very much. Shortly before news the casualties broke, the news agency AFP reported gunshots could be heard echoing over the green zone, and they include a couple clips of people on the streets recording some of the stuff. That was gunshots suggest it was an actual insurrection. Or one Somebody might say shooting. a riot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there was a shot uh, fired inside the U.S. Capitol by a security agent, uh, oh, who American sh- security forces, who shot a unarmed woman uh-huh. and killed her. So, I mean, there's gunshots. Lucky there, for too. him, she was white. Yeah. And there's, uh, but in this case, the gunshots are ongoing. There's multiple videos taken during the day and then now at nighttime with conflicts uh, happening. According to the story, the Iraqi military responded to the breaching of the palace by declaring a citywide curfew as military reinforcements were hurried in to deal with the crowds of the Al-Sadr loyalists flooding into the green zone. Water cannons were used to repel the demonstrators and running battles between security officers and protesters were reported. Iraq's caretaker primetime minister or prime minister (laughs) and an ally of Al-Sadr named Mustafa Al-Kadhimi called on the crowds to withdraw from the area. But that apparently has not happened uh, at this point. So what was the catalyst of this? The, the people were upset that the this current was president resigning. was resigning? It doesn't say he was the president. It says he was a influential Shiite cleric who gave his resignation. So it's not clear hmm. what exactly his role in the government, at least not from this story, it's not clear what he did. I wouldn't even want to be that popular where my resignation caused people to riot, man. Screw that. Poor guy. Once the nerve center of the U.S. occupation, the Green Zone still houses multiple foreign embassies and international organizations and the headquarters of successive post-invasion Iraqi governments have been based there. With the zone descending into chaos, video footage captured a helicopter taking off from the roof of what appeared to be the U.S. embassy, a scene reminiscent of the chaotic American withdrawal from Kabul last August. Oh, well, also, there's a very famous or a number of very famous photographs of helicopters taking off from like the Vietnam. roof of the embassy in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And it also uh, plays out that way in Miss Saigon. There's a great scene where she's trying to get on one of those helicopters. Mm. Happened recently in Afghanistan as well. I mean, the United States government has a long history of, you know, screwing things up and then abandoning, abandoning embassies because, you know, it screwed things up beyond the point of repair. Unconfirmed reports suggested that staff were being evacuated from the embassy, although the State Department claims those reports were false. Of course, they lie all the time. Yes, uh, they do. Yeah. In a statement released Monday evening, U.S. diplomatic mission in Iraq said it's, quote, concerned about escalating tensions and urges all parties to remain peaceful. Uh, in fighting between al Sadr's political bloc. Okay, if you're already shooting at each other, you can't remain peaceful. You have to become <laughs> peaceful. <laughs> That's true. Uh, just a little bit more here. Uh, infighting between al Sadr's political bloc and the Coordination Framework Alliance, a Shia bloc allied with Iran, prevented the cleric from forming a government after winning 73 seats in the legislature. There are, by the way, 329 seats in that legislature Which, which last is year. also interesting. So, so you're saying that Iranian Shias uh, basically get ganged up and prevented an Iraqi Shia from forming a government. Usually, um... No, no, it's apparently his block, the guy that resigned, he's, I guess, tired of this, right? Like, he's he's given up. Right. He and his alliance, which is the Shia, the uh, Iran alliance, basically, they, uh, 
prevent it. Oh, yeah, well, it's Shia on both sides. Yeah, I think, I think if I heard you that. right, hmm. which yeah, is which is unusual yeah, it over there. Here. It's yeah. usually going to be Shia versus Sunni or right. Sunni versus uh, Wasabi. Uh, which is the Saudi Arabian variant. Uh, All the more reason the U.S. government should never have gotten involved in, yeah. this, in this nightmare. They oh, definitely yeah. started this. There's no doubt. Well, what Ronald Reagan said after the uh, embassy was bombed in Lebanon was he pulled all our people out and he said, I had no idea how irrational the politics of the Middle East was. Wow. If only a lesson had been learned from that. Uh, we got more coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. We'll get an update on the Whitmer case. With the governor that was allegedly being plotted to be kidnapped. Coming up. Gold and silver. You can own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. Buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metal ship fully insured direct to your home. Free Talk Live can get you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I got an interesting compliment today from one of our program directors, actually the owner of one of our radio affiliates out west, and he said that Free Talk Live is the only show on his radio station that does three hours a day live. Really? And I thought, that's a weird... Really? There's all kinds of shows that are three hours. Like, three hours kind of like a standard radio show length. Apparently, really? what, he, what he says... Like, in, in syndication, yeah, it's pretty I would have thought it was common. two. Okay. Yeah, usually, more often you're going to see three than two. I mean, there are some... Probably, there sure. are some two-hour shows. And every now and then you'll see a four-hour. Like, I think Alex Jones did a four-hour or something Lord. like that. Um, Four hours excessive. It is a lot. Well, you got to be dedicated when you're trying to save the world from gay frogs. (laughs) Uh, But what he he clarified was that a lot of these shows that are out there that are quote-unquote live for three hours are actually doing a lot of pre-produced content. They're actually just Mm. hitting the play button. A producer is hitting a play button on an interview that they did from you know whenever or wherever it was and and the monkey pushes the button yeah and uh, there, there was another show that he said even like an overnight show was just letting people call um, having guests call in and give a lecture essentially so the host wasn't even interacting with uh with the person so he says it's less common now for shows to actually do what what we do which is like hmm. i've always thought this is like your typical talk show you open phones up you talk well, to people and i thought it and, was typical uh, but with unique perspective sure. right hmm. well at free talk live was atypical in that we are open phones all the time and most talk shows don't do that they don't want to just have open phones because then anybody can call in and challenge them yeah it seems like rush limbaugh was like you know for the first half of his show or whatever he sort talking. of pontificated and yeah. then hmm. the last how hour or an hour and a half or whatever right. he actually took calls correct and he was also apparently a real screening nazi oh i'm sure big right. time like if, most of them if are. you weren't going to completely kiss his butt you weren't going on the air yeah most of them are and those are some of the reasons why i formed free talk live in uh, in 2002 by the way coming up on our 20 year mm-hmm. 
anniversary here very very soon it's actually going to mm-hmm. coincide with the start of the uh, crypto six trial Hooray. basically <laughs> hmm. so anyway, and, and along and those lines aren't. it doesn't happen that often but if you think we're completely wrong about something and you want to call in tell us we're idiots you can do that yes it's okay and i wish more people would uh call in to uh, to oppose us the the other thing the guy said and so that was one compliment was like yeah you guys are actually doing it live and almost no one else really does that which was a surprise to me not not knowing i mean i don't listen to the other shows right so i have no idea what what they're doing Mm -hmm. uh but uh but he did say he thought some of the callers suck sarah he specifically named but it's like he actually listens right like a lot of uh that's refreshing yeah a lot Mm. of our program directors you know we're the night show they're not tuning in uh in his case it's a west coast station so we're afternoon drive there and so he is there in the office and he's he's listening to us uh, and I was like, I said, yeah. He said, you know, I actually listen to your show. I said, yeah, I can tell you, you know who Sarah is. If you yeah. listen to Free Talk Live, you know who Sarah is. Sarah. So, but you can't. I don't know. Sarah, Sarah can be interesting. She can but, be. But you, more often than not, yeah, she's boring and talking about pedestrians or whatever. You can. Uh, she's a pedestrian caller. <laughs> she is. And uh, I think sometimes it could be an interesting conversation with, with her and us. And there's some people who love, uh, you know, our conversations with Sarah. So it's like. Well, you, I think they love it from a sarcastic viewpoint you know it's like how big of a fool can sarah make of herself today sort of thing but they still enjoy it and that okay yeah true i think it just uh she's gonna rub some people the wrong way and some people like it you can't you just can't make everybody happy so that's why i say though the phones are open and one of the things i do enjoy hearing about beyond people that uh disagree with us because that's obviously the most interesting kind of conversations we can have but also, I like hearing about libertarians doing things. Like, what kind of activism is happening? What are the cool... You know, I don't want to hear about a politician. That's not what I mean by doing things. Libertarians running for office, not interesting to me. That happens all over the place. It's not unique. But if you're doing something unique, something that's pretty interesting or exciting, and you want people to know about it, I'd love to hear about it. You know, something that could inspire other people. Like, if you're doing some sort of libertarian outreach project or or whatever it might be that... You know, maybe people need to hear about because they could take that idea and run with it where they are, for instance. Oh, well, in that case, I've got two libertarian outreach projects going on right now. Okay. Uh, One has started. The other hasn't. The one that has started is Saturday nights at 1030. We're doing Beard Talk Live. And that's uh, myself, Peakless Mountaineer, and uh, and, uh, Captain Captain Kickass. And we have the most magnificent birds on the show, and it's true. we've decided to showcase them on um, on a late night show. And it's it's kind of interesting. It's a lot less formal. It's a lot less structured. That's correct. There's uh, no commercial breaks. There's no no commercial breaks. Um, it's on the internet only, so it's uncensored as far as the FCC is concerned. Yeah, and and so it, it's just fun. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, sometimes we talk about serious things, but uh, but anyway, so I'm doing that. The other thing, and by the way, that is being uh, released in the Free Talk Live podcast. I want to let you know that. In oh, case nice. You didn't. Uh, but that uh, it happened last week for the first time. So this was your second episode this weekend. And I did some training with Captain Kickass last night to show him because it's a different kind of technical process to get that show in versus our normal uh, show, just because it's a whole kind of different ball of wax to do an Internet only show. Mm-hmm. And, it's a different uh, kettle of fish. Yeah, and so now our <laughs> podcast listeners are are able to hear that. So those that aren't able to listen live can now listen to Beard Talk Live later on, which is pretty cool. groovy. Yeah. 
And there's a second project, and it's a, it's a little more iffy. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm hoping to find somebody to uh, to produce it. Um, but basically, it will be free tech live, and basically, it will be kind of a deep dive um, into uh, some of the technical issues. Um, both of the present and things that I that I foresee in the future. So, uh, so talking about both uh, developing cell four one one and how do you do a uh, a, uh, a decentralized secure uh, messaging app. Um, so you're talking about like programming level kind of discussion, uh, right? Yeah, and and so uh, it's. Uh, so this would be even more technical than, say, Chris Wade, our Friday night co-host, his show, Freedom Decrypted, which kind of covers the news in the world of tech mm-hmm. from a informed technical perspective. You're talking about getting into the nitty gritty of like maybe even opening up a programming uh, mm-hmm. like you could screencast your your screen yeah. and literally program on the air, basically. Kind yeah. Of stuff. And, and what I'm hoping to do in, in the process of doing this, one of the things that I hope to do is crowdsource some solutions mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to things. And so if I if I manage to get an audience that's that's interested and. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll be able to, I don't know what the hell to do about that. And somebody calls in and says, oh, yeah, interesting a similar idea. I've heard issue. that people, I don't know if it was you who told me that, but somebody told me that, like, sort of like people watch video, people play video games online. Mm-hmm. There are people who watch people play, like, program mm-hmm. online. That's a thing now. Have you ever heard of this, Ari? I've never heard of that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's on Twitch as well. Actually. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that would draw as, as large of an audience. I mean, people but... sit there watching other people like mm-hmm. eat cupcakes or whatever, yeah. the ASMR mm-hmm. or whatever it's right. called. I mean, it's people will watch whatever. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine it would be a huge audience, but, you know, partially a lot of people want to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times you can learn things by watching people who already do it. Well, you'll have to let us, I'm sure you'll let us know when you, uh, if and when that begins. Incessantly. So, uh, so very good. And, and how would somebody reach out to you if they wanted to help you with that? Um, you can reach out to me at, uh, I guess, uh, dev at copblock.app. Okay. Um, or easy. pope at invisiblehand.church. Or- I will say that, you know, it's important for us to hear about other people's liberty activism. And this may be a spoiler for people. I didn't come up with the idea of running for a sheriff on an F the police platform. Who did? I, I think, uh, well, I don't know who was the first one to come up with the idea, but I know for a fact that Eric oh. Mulder, the guy who did my signs, had done it in the past as well. Sweet. And the only reason I even occurred to me to do it was because Somebody other libertarians somewhere had done it. Borrow there was also the an old hippie named Wavy Gravy who uh, renamed himself to nobody and ran for president yep. in the 70s. Uh, borrow from the best, as they say. They're just ideas, and yep. ideas are free. You can copy them, and the other person doesn't lose uh, lose the idea when you copy it. There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts. So we'll get into the Whitmer case on the way. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to get into what's the the news around the Whitmer trials, which there have been a few of them, I guess. Uh, a couple guys were found not guilty earlier this year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And there was a hung jury for two of them. And then they got retried, those two, the hung jury two. And they, Which is so screwed up. And I, I want to, you know, focus on that is. just for a brief second that, you know, it seems to me the logical course of action would be if the government fails to get a conviction, a unanimous conviction, then that's the end of it, right? A hung trial should be considered, a hung jury should be considered a verdict of not guilty as far as you. I'm concerned. Otherwise, you yeah. have this situation here where... The federal government could just keep trying these people over and over and over until they get the conviction that they want, whether it's fair and just or not. It's absolutely insane. Once they should, they should get one trial, one opportunity to find you guilty. And if they fail, that's it. I would love for that change to be made. I don't know what it would take. I don't know if that's a constitutional thing or if that's just something that is part of the court system. They can never change it. Like where'd that one come from? They could certainly change it, right? I mean, or if they wanted to. The problem is they don't want to because they benefit no. from being able to try people indefinitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you're going to be a terrorist, you got to be able to keep people afraid. Yep, exactly. Uh, so there's an update in that case. We'll get to that. And, of course, your calls and thoughts are also welcome. By the way, our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking at the Free Cities Foundation's annual conference which is called Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's happening October 21st through the 23rd. That's coming up soon in Prague this year. They're going to showcase autonomous cities and intentional communities springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. And you can save 20% by using code FTL20 over at their website, lifetimeliberty.com. Get your tickets now and be in Prague. Meet Mark and many others who are uh, working to free people all around the world. It's October 21st through the 23rd, the Free Cities Foundation's Liberty in Our Lifetime Conference, lifetimeliberty.com with code FTL20. All right, so Aria, what do we uh, need to know? What's what's the latest development? Because those the, the two guys they retried got found guilty they did. on the retrial. And this, this could offer a suggestion as to why. So a co-worker recently alerted a defense attorney that one of the jurors was allegedly biased. And the reason I'm skipping forward to the second paragraph is because the first paragraph of this, for whatever reason, journalists, they, they don't know how to write anymore. So it assumes that you have all of this information available about what's going on. They say a juror seated on the recent trial of two men convicted of attempting to kidnap Governor Whitmer. That was the most recent result. These two men were found guilty. According to a transcript of a meeting the juror had with U.S. District Court Judge Robert Jonker, he denied having said that the men would hang and likened the encounter with the judge to that of getting called to the principal's office. That's how they opened this article. Hmm. It's very vague, and if you don't know what they're already talking about, it's, it's useless. So this co-worker claimed that this juror, and it doesn't actually... The co-worker s- of the juror. Yes, it doesn't mm-hmm. say the juror's name, so we're just going to have to call him the juror said that the men on trial would receive a guilty verdict and hang should he, the juror, be seated. Judge Jonker determined that the juror was fit to serve after an investigation showed the accusation was not corroborated and provided secondhand mm-hmm. through another co-worker. The transcript released Friday details a short meeting between the judge and the juror on August the 12th So, hold on. You're saying that this was brought to the judge's attention. The allegation about what this juror allegedly said to another co-worker 
which was that he would guarantee this person gets a guilty fi- uh, finding before mm-hmm. the trial even started. This is during jury selection. Well, I, I don't know. The The conversation happened on August the 12th, a day after the accusation came to light. They referred to him as, at that time, I thought it was like a potential juror or something. He may have. The timeline isn't very clear. He pro- I mean, he obviously said that before he was a juror. Right. I was going to say this. Oh, right. It was a statement of his, like, if right. I'm seated on the on the jury. So this was brought to the judge's attention, and the judge just said, well, it's hearsay. Yeah, pretty so much. So you can stay on the jury. It's like, this wasn't corroborated, hmm. presumably because there wasn't a third person. Right, so how are you supposed to corroborate it then? The conversation in the judge's chambers lasted less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Junker, the judge, told the juror he wanted to meet so that he could ask the juror questions and better understand whether the juror was able to serve fairly. The judge later described the allegation raised by a co-worker who said the juror, quote, had strong views about the case before becoming a juror. And at least some people, God, oh, I hate journalists so much from the way that they wrote that paragraph. It's not like I have that on tape, the judge said about the claims mm-hmm. of bias to the group assembled in his office. It's not like I have anybody saying that under oath. But we have information that you came to the court that suggests you made statements like that as recently as Monday, which was before you became a juror in connection with your place of work. So why didn't mm-hmm. they put the guy under oath, the, the co-worker? Why didn't they say, w- were, you, were you take an oath and swear that this juror said this? Yeah. Because question. it seems like that would have been a logical step to take. If- well, the judge's paycheck gets signed by the same guy who, uh, who signs the... Uh, the paycheck of the prosecutor and the same mm-hmm. guy who signs the paycheck of the FBI agents who entrapped mm-hmm. them. So pretty much yeah. the juror said they did not. The juror said that they did not remember. I, I got confused by the word they there did not remember making statements about a guilty verdict or hanging, nor did the juror talk with coworkers about being assigned to the kidnapping case. According to the transcript, mm-hmm. the juror said they only told coworkers that they had jury duty. I didn't even know that this was the case until I came in Tuesday morning when I glanced at the TV. That doesn't mean that he wasn't sitting around the office saying, man, I hope I get on the Whitmer case. I'm going to mm-hmm. find them guilty. You know, you don't have to know that's the mm-hmm. case you're going to be on if you know that there's any chance right. you could be on that case. And given the unhinged hatred that's been coming out of the left, I, I'm not the least bit surprised. So from your perspective, no reason to understand why anybody would have heard, overheard, or believed somebody else heard you say something like that, the judge said. Yes, the juror responded. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't even know there would have been a transcript of a judge-jury or judge-juror conversation that happened in chambers, right? This wasn't an open Mm, court. Good point. Was it? It sounded like he was in his office. It didn't say whether or not it was an open court. Yeah. Sometimes they will have a stenographer in in chambers. It depends on what they're doing. Wow. So the judge, the guy should have been removed, as far as I can tell, for being a juror. I mean, even. Mm -hmm. So get the the guy to. should kick him out. Yeah. I mean, all he's losing is $15 a day. It's not like it hurts him. Mm -hmm. That's that's the pay for a juror because they want to make sure they get the sharpest minds they can find on that jury. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, it costs him $15 a day. And by keeping him on that and giving the juror instead of the defendant the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they may have destroyed two lives. Yeah. 
Um, well, that's what they do. And they described it. They likened it all to being called to the principal's office. You know, this juror, juror did. having to go talk to the judge is like, oh, I got called to the principal's mm-hmm. office. I'm in trouble. I better lie to get out of trouble. Out of yeah. yeah. Just like people did in high school. It's just absolutely disgusting. The juror should have been kicked off the case from, from that moment forward. And now these guys are found guilty in a case that was probably very similar to the two guys that got found not guilty some number of months ago, where the allegation on their side was this was all an FBI setup from top to bottom. And these guys just essentially were the dupes that kind of went along with it to some extent. Uh, there's more coming up. If, you wanna, if you've been following that case closely, feel free to weigh in here. This is Free Talk Live. We think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Nobody and Aria on the show here tonight. We're going to continue with more of your calls and your thoughts, and then uh, we can get into some of the cutbacks that they're making in energy uh, as far as, you know, official things that need to happen for people to not freeze to death apparently this winter in europe there's an interesting story about that coming up and we're going to go back to the phones first though where we have david on the line in new mexico david you're on free talk live they won't freeze to death you don't you don't have to have a heating source to stay alive you just have to have a heating source to be comfortable um, you had answering the question. Oh, that's the dumbest thing I've heard today, but okay. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> well, it ain't the dumbest thing because I've lived it over and over and over again. You don't have to have You live in New there. Mexico, dude. Where it gets to 30 below zero every year. 30 below zero? Yes. Look at the really? weather record. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so how do you keep warm without a heating source in 30 below zero temperature? Well, if you were going to uh, stay warm without a heating source and 30 below, you would you would look at the uh, the Native American. Well, you could look at natives anywhere around the world, including uh, white people natives in northern Europe. You would just uh, bundle up in warm wear, wear and make sure you have food, and you will stay warm. Okay, so no one's ever frozen to death. Is that your allegation here, David? No, people have frozen to death, but uh, I, I, I doubt there are very many. Uh, I would I would bet there are almost zero um, people living in an indigenous manner, like I described, a primitive Stone Age manner. As long as they had hides to wrap around them and they had food to eat, even if they did not have fire, they they very it would be very rare that anyone would freeze to death. Wow, that's 
Unbelie- almost I, unbelievable. I, I, it's completely unbelievable. It's utter nonsense is what Eskimos, it is. There are Eskimos, a politically incorrect term. There are Eskimos, uh, Inuit, uh, doing it to this very day every single year in Alaska and, all the, and, and everywhere else around the Arctic Circle, hmm. all the way around the world. They do it every year. Yeah, I guess they do have igloos, right, for uh, to keep to trap whatever body heat that, in. Is that the idea? That's that's one thing. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you put up, if it goes to like if it goes to like forty or fifty below zero outside of an igloo, if you got four or five, you know, they travel in, in groups of people when they're when they're out hunting. Uh, there might be there might only be two, or may only be one, but usually four or five or six. And if you have four or five or six bodies inside a you know a ten foot diameter, twelve diameter igloo and it's 40 50 below zero outside it will be about five below inside which is uh, very comfortable compared to being outside <laughs> well yeah he's right about that <laughs> i mean yeah 115 <laughs> degrees is cool compared to being on fire man i start losing circulation in my toes if it's like 50 degrees out and my my feet well, you forgot your mucklucks you forgot your mucklucks yeah what is that yeah. That, that's your your uh, boots made of made of fur, uh, whether yeah. it's seal fur or yak fur. Or I probably need fur. to get some of those. Yeah, yeah you need some mucklucks. I don't want to split well, hairs too okay, much, but if here's... you have four or five other people with you as well, those are heat sources. Yes, they that's are. true. That's, that's true. what I said. He did. He did say that. All right, David. What else? Yes, but he also says people don't need an external heat source. You were calling to re- re- uh, refer yeah, to something don't. else. Go ahead. And, and like I said, the the, the Eskimos, uh, politically incorrect term, uh, do it every single winter. Every single winter, they mm-hmm. prove that they they go out uh, on their trips with their dog sleds or their snow machines, and they don't start any fire to keep warm at night because there ain't no trees up there mm. on the ice. Yeah. So, he makes um, a good point. It's true. They, uh, yeah, and they do fun things like like eat uh, eat uh, raw liver from seals. All kinds of other good high calorie food like was that. Was that the reason you were calling yeah. tonight? Wasn't there something else? Yes. Yeah. What you guys are talking about? You, the, you left the question. You posed the question and left it unanswered. About um, uh, the question was why don't they just put the coworker that said uh, the co- the coworker that said he heard another coworker uh, uh, talk about this guy's statements? Is it doesn't matter whether even if they find that coworker and put him or her under oath, it doesn't matter that the person is under oath because they are repeating hearsay, and hearsay is inadmissible. You would have to find the second coworker that the first coworker claimed to have overheard and put them under oath and question them. Then you would get somewhere. That would mm-hmm. be a that's true. I, I don't know if that's necessarily correct because the rules about? of evidence are different depending on what you're doing. So true. that would be correct if you were giving evidence in a trial, for example. Mm-hmm. But in a uh, jury selection, in, in a I don't know about jury selection, but I know that hearsay is admissible in a bear, bail hearing. Mm. Uh, so the question is, that if you're doing the voir dire portion of a Which trial, is French for jury tampering. Yes. If you're doing that, <laughs> is that not a phase of trial? It is a phase of the trial, but so is the bail hearing. Yeah, that's all okay, good points. Well, Thank you, David, have- for the, the... I mean, he does bring up a good point about hearsay. 
But he does not bring up a good point about the Eskimos because it took a very quick uh, Google search to find out that they do, in fact, you know, light fires inside of igloos. Inside of igloos, really? Yeah, Yeah. as long Mm -hmm. as, let's see, as long as the fire loses heat faster than it reaches the walls, they'll never melt. And that's Mm -hmm. why, in fact, they generally put a hole in the top Ah, for the smoke to escape and all of that. So, yeah, the the reason they don't freeze to death is because they, like human beings, have been doing for tens of thousands of years. Use fire. Use fire. Thanks, David, yeah. for the call. And although there's no wood there, there are a lot of places where they will burn things like dung for mm. uh, actually mm. dried poo. It does not say what fires. the fu- what the wood what they're burning. Interesting. Mm. That's correct. We continue here with uh, more of your calls and thoughts. We've got Penguin in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hi, yeah, I just, I'll uh, keep it relatively quick. I was listening to um, a podcast, um, actually, that I, I will plug, because it's actually one that you guys play, or you can play on um, the Liberty, Liberty Radio Network, um, Dangerous History with um, Professor C.J. Kilmer. Great, oh, yeah. great podcast, great host. Um, he's been on my podcast. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great libertarian history podcast um, from a guy with a genuinely like open-minded, but genuinely really informed libertarian perspective. So, guys, check that out. Okay. But I was listening to something about the American Revolution, and I really was thinking, I had never really learned about that as an adult. And the myths we, we learn as kids, the little oversimplifications and little stories we learn are not really useful as much as some you know, libertarian-minded people might like the idea of the revolution and the patriots and all that, all that jazz. But time to learn about it from an adult, and I'm learning about it from um, you know, uh, Prof. CJ. So, uh, but what I'm, I'm interested in libertarian things, property and such, but another thing that a lot of libertarians don't look at as much that I'm interested in is, is uh, class and the, the structure of society. Something that was really interesting about the, the colonies back then is with the, with the New World and the colonies and everything, there was a lot of people in society. So a lot of people in society did not have land and they were slaves or indentured servants mm-hmm. or folks and everything, but there was a lot of people that were small-time farmers that weren't elites but had some land, had some property in their name, farmed that property, you know, conducted their own trade. And so property rights and, and, uh, and uh, other individual rights and stuff were very, very important for them in that society. And so it kind of gave them, you know, the heirs of what we might call our early libertarian society at the time and made them much more apt to kind of, you know, be a bit, be a bit rebellious against the, uh, the crown, against the empire. Mm-hmm. Well, so that just shows there's a material base and a material kind of condition involved in um, having a lot of people with access to free enterprise and legitimately acquired property and um, having a large number of people, you know, having that kind of skin in the game, even in small amounts, and having the ability to trade and do free enterprise is kind of crucial. I think that having libertarian values propagate the society. Mm-hmm. And any other place in the world that's a much more stratified society and everything, like, like most of the world, probably all the rest of the like, so-called civilized world back then was, probably didn't have as many libertarian values for that reason. Interesting. So, so basically, you're pointing out that having the idea of property, and even people with a small amount of it, leads to more libertarian thought. I th- I think so. I think the best way to get li- get leftists on board with uh, with liberty is show them how to make money. Thank you, Penguin, for the call tonight. There's more coming up here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and phones are open here. 
If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody. Aria here tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. And by the way, coming up in uh, June, you got the 7th annual Fork Fest, which next year is going to be happening before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So it's going back to where it all started. Fork Fest, when it first started in 2017, was prior to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It was started at the time, I think a lot of people would say, because of some people had some disappointments with the the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sure. is the world's largest libertarian uh, camping festival and has become very, very successful. At that time, it was on a bit of a downturn. And uh, and so people said, well, you know what, we're going to fork it. We're going to do our own thing. They, so they created ForkFest. It was called something else at that time, but the next year started being called ForkFest. And uh, it is a decentralized thing, which means that there's no one in charge. There's no uh, board of directors or organizer or anything like that. It's each individual gets to organize themselves. So if there's something you want to bring to the table, something you want to, let's say, you want to cook for people and you know, charge for making meals, or you got something else you want to offer uh, to the community for sale, you can do that stuff without having to ask any permission. Uh, all you got to do is get your campsite, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground June 15th through the 18th. But over the years, the Porcupine Freedom Festival turned around. They changed uh, some of the policies that were, I think, frustrating to a number of people. And for the better, they have actually turned it into a much better event. It's much more now like it like it used to be, more decentralized these days. And so, to some extent, ForkFest was a success, right? Like, if the idea of ForkFest was people to say, hey, you know, we're going to take our business over here and we want you to change how you're doing things, they changed things. Now, whether or not it was because of ForkFest, that's another question. It certainly probably was because the numbers of ForkFest attendance were going down uh, over right. over some years. And now they've hit a maximum. They cannot... Well, at the same time, ForkFest's numbers were going up. And now that's been sort of leveled out and kind of right. gone down over the last few years as well. Uh, but the Porcupine Freedom Festival hit a maximum. It has sold out the park for the last two years in a row. Uh, and so there's a darn good chance it's going to sell out the third year in a row, which will be next year. So if you want to attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's now going to come after Fork Fest. You can slap them both together and be there for 10 days straight or 11 days, and it'll be a great time. Uh, we recommend doing both. So go to ForkFest.Party, and you can learn more about that event there. It's, again, June 15th through the 18th. It's an unofficial website. Everything with ForkFest is unofficial, but it does link you to some of the other chat rooms and forums and such. So you can contact directly other people who uh, have attended and will be attending again ForkFest. Uh, so check it out at ForkFest.Party. Let's go to Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Hey, guys. Hey, A couple of right before I get to my uh, subject matter. Yes, as far as the Michigan militia boys that they uh, found guilty, that yeah. is under appeal. And whether or not they're going to let them out on bail, I do not know. But They I almost never know. would do that. If you are found I, I, guilty I uh, at a criminal trial, they take you into, usually take you into custody right away, uh, and then you have to sit while the appeal goes through. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. Second, that was the second point I was going to bring up, because I was... Uh, incarcerated by the feds a few years back and i met one cat that they were trying to break saying that he'd murdered his own baby and uh, he'd been hemmed up two years hadn't had any counsel or anything i met mm-hmm. another guy that had way too much dirt on the feds and he'd been locked up for a year and a half under the same situation 
But uh, sometimes you barely make it out of there, dude. Anyway, the second thing is on the uh, Eskimo heat source. Their standard ancient procedure was just an old, simple wick oil lamp mm-hmm. powered by, you know, oil, oil duh. Right. Yeah. Right? And that little flame in that enclosed thing will actually glaze the inside surface, seal it, bang, done. Good to know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we all knew that, you know, blubber and well oils and all that stuff was a big deal back then, particularly for some of these, you know, Eskimo tribes and stuff like that. So thank you for making that connection. I hadn't thought about it. Yep. Seems obvious now. Yeah. So the third point that uh, I just heard an interesting tidbit here. I don't remember who did the survey, but evidently Michigan is the fourth laziest state in the country. Really? What's the first three? What's the most lazy? I well, I'll, I'll get to that, but okay. first got to give you the basis on which I know that the uh, information was ascertained. Okay. They gleaned um, who, who has like a second job or does volunteer work, and I think there was a third category, but it ain't sparking. Hmm. So anyway, the, uh, the two, three laziest states, and here we're going to give street cred to New Mexico again, we got <laughs> beat by Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Dun, 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 New Mexico. Wow. Well, New Mexico, though, is going to be skewed by having Sarah there. I mean, that's probably <laughs> that, that's probably twisting the whole curve. <laughs> oh, Dave, 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 Dave will go over and light up her heater, I'm sure. Hey, thanks for the heads up, Major. Appreciate the call. So, a little, another piece of Aboriginal tri- uh, trivia. Sure. Um, the band Three Dog Night. Mm-hmm. I always wondered what the heck that me- meant. Well, apparently, in uh, in uh, the Aborigines of Australia, would rate the coldness of a night by how many dogs they have to sleep sleep ah, with. So, if it was, it was really, really cold. cold, it was a three dog night. <laughs> That's interesting. According to the uh, let's see, here's another Zipia. Dot com the ten laziest states they say here that uh, do they mention Sarah do they <laughs> you know well I, they mention New Mexico but well, I'm not surprised but, to hear Massachusetts and Rhode Island mentioned well yeah they say in a uh, meticulous well thought out and painstaking methodology we narrowed down our list of the ten laziest states in the country so I'm sure all means. of that is true yeah right. <laughs> Uh, they, how do they determine it? Well, they started with data to answer the hard questions. Uh, in this case, we went to the latest version of the American Community Survey looking for answers. As luck would have it, the Census Bureau released the 2010 to 2014 five-year estimate, which makes this analysis the first of its kind with new data. And if you consider new to be from 2010 to 2014, after scrolling through what seemed like hundreds of criteria, they settled on this set Lowest number uh, of average hours worked, shortest commute time, fewest workers per household, uh, labor force divided by the number of households, highest unemployment rate, and the fewest adults with a college degree. Although I don't agree that well, it so far who has a college degree. So far, all of that criteria is just going to tell us which states are most successful. Right. Right. 
just That's because I only have to work, you know, just because someone only has to work, you know, 15 hours a week doesn't mean they're lazy. What if you can pay all your bills right. by working that many? Yeah, it's good. And point. unemployment seems to be the wrong thing to measure because the way they count unemployment, it actually measures how many people are looking for work. Mm-hmm. So really, work pace, work, uh, workforce participation, which is the gross percentage of the workers who are actually working might be a better mm-hmm. indication of how uh, lazy uh, lazy people are. The other thing that they don't consider there is what's the level of gray market activity like? Because it may well be that people mm-hmm. are very industriously selling weed, um, and, and that's not going to be cataloged. That's no. not that's not going to be counted. Well. You, you guys bring up some really great points, uh, and the site just threw everything behind a paywall. But I will well, say they did. their number one uh, result was also New Mexico. So <laughs> apparently on more yeah. than one uh, It would scale. be interesting to get Sarah to briefly move out of New Mexico and do that measurement again, see if it changes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and New Mexico is kind of – it does have a reputation as a welfare state. Uh, there are uh, – there's a, there's a big government there and not a lot of people. So it yeah. is considered a blue state, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I was actually surprised that Gary Johnson came out of there. Yeah, so, uh, it is weird. It, it's kind of kind of strange that they had a Republican governor, and although he was a he was a Republican governor with uh, with some values that well that the left would have agreed with when I was a leftist, like legalize weed. I guess I guess they're all sure. about you know. Locking up the black folks for for weed, even if they, uh, um, you know, so long as they can, so long as they can call everybody a racist and feel superior, they don't mind actually harming people. Well, so, didn't Gary Johnson own a dispensary or something? Um, Ooh, I doubt it. I thought he was he heavily was in invested office, in the marijuana. But my understanding, I think, I also have uh, believe that he went into the medical marijuana that wouldn't surprise business. Me. Yeah. Uh, after he ran for president. Uh, speaking of the devil, she's on hold. She just put, I can't just wait. called in. Uh, so we'll put we'll bring Sarah up here in just a few moments. And of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. We'll get into uh, the European crackdown that's beginning, the, the beginnings of uh, what's going to be likely something that gets much worse as wintertime gets closer with restrictions on energy usage. Some of that might be coming here to the U.S. soon as well. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Kicking off the third hour of the show, the number for you, it's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Aria. We're going to get back into your phone calls and thoughts and then uh, an update from Europe where energy prices are going up in some cases to record highs. Uh, we're seeing it happen here in our very own uh, New Hampshire where... Yeah, and Arnaud says is isn't even being blamed on Russia and Ukraine. Well, they're blaming it on increased natural gas prices. And okay. Russia is a natural gas provider. The Russia, of course, at the end of July mm-hmm. cut their supply to Europe down to, I believe, wasn't it, I think it was one-fifth of what they were doing previously. I think so. 
So a huge cut, and now the Europeans are trying to deal mm. with that by putting in various different restrictions. So we can talk about that coming up here. I'm kind of wondering why that matters so much because the Russian it cut. Seem, you mean? Yeah, because it. Well, here's here's my thinking. I would think if the Russians stopped selling natural gas to Europe, I mean they're they're not just going to huff it. So, so they've got to do something it's with going this to national China, gas. It's going to India, and, and that's the thing. If China and India start buying gas and uh, gas and oil from Russia, mm-hmm. then they're not going to be buying it from whoever they were previously buying True. it from. So it seems like that person would be freed up to ship hmm. it to Europe. Well, as I understand um, it, China although, of course, and India the are... lack of pipe pipelines would be a problem because they've gotten established routes. Yeah. But as I understand it, China and India are simply buying more now than they were buying before. So it's not mm. like there's a hmm. they're buying it from a different supplier. There's just now there's a bigger supply and they want it and can put it to use. Mm. Well, of That's course, that does happen when um, generally only when when prices drop, though. I mean, well, the price did go down for them. It went up for the people in Europe, but it went down for the people in China and India because Russia likes China and India. Mm. But it's intentionally mm-hmm. squeezing Europe well, right now, intentionally to drive up the absolutely. prices and to milk it for all it's worth. No. Yeah, and, it's, you know, I'd probably be doing the same thing if, sure. you know, if I was in that position Europe's- not that i expect to be ever become a mass murderer <laughs> but sure. uh, but they reduced you know, the if supply I was engaged in mass murder and people were upset at me i'd probably <laughs> jack your gas prices if i there could but i mean um, they did reduce the supply to 20 percent of what it was and yeah. i mean as we know if you reduce the supply by 80 percent price is gonna go up unless and, you yeah, know somebody else can did. come in can swing in with a with a new supply but as you point out yeah. you know if there's no pipeline then you got to move the stuff in tanks or whatever and and the thing and is it's gonna be costly if it wasn't for the fracking ban I mean, the thing that really caused... Is there one in Europe? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, there's one in America now. Okay. Mm. Uh, Joe Biden, as I understand it, put it in his first day in office. Was As an executive order? I I assume. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, I, I, don't, don't quote me on that. Okay. I have that on, on hearsay, but... You know, it, huh. it, it wouldn't be admissible in, in court except possibly doing, during void air. Okay. Uh, we'll get into Isn't that, that story. What make, that's what makes people's water flammable, right? In theory, Whether allegedly. that's true or not, yeah. That's, that's well, I mean, I've seen videos well, of people lighting their water on fire. That's, water don't know what doesn't the cause. Be, water doesn't become uh, flammable, but natural gas that is near water remains flammable. Well, obviously, the water, the water, water molecules burns. themselves are not mm-hmm. catching on fire. They've already done that. That's why there's a couple of oxygens stuck to the uh, hydrogen. Let's go to uh, Sarah. She's on the line or in Or a New couple of hydrogens stuck to the uh, oxygen. Sarah, Sarah, go ahead. What's on your mind? Oh, yeah. So we're going to be putting in seven real-time cameras downtown. Along <laughs> you Central are? Wait, wait. You're gonna you get are up obsessed. There a, you're going to get up there with a drill and, uh, and a, a screwdriver, and you're going to install these things? I think that's wonderful you've got a job. I'm very happy for you. (laughs) What's that? I mean, it's uh, for for, um, surveillance, for people that are crazy. I mean, they have... So you're going to be climbing up on towers and installing cameras? (laughs) No, our city of Albuquerque, I mean, the city. 
the oh. video, the part of the AP. AP. So you're She's not an actually Nat- nationalist. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually doing anything, right, Sarah? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just bringing it up in support of it. It's a really good idea. You're just calling um, National Talk Radio to talk about this. Uh, right, but you're not doing well. I mean, well maybe, maybe people in other parts of the country will be like, "I can't listen to these calls anymore." I'm going to call those people in New in in New Mexico and tell them, "Look, put in some red light red light cameras. Make this lady happy. There's got to be something else going on." She in the world. won't be happy after this. If if they put in a camera at every intersection in Albuquerque, one red light and one mm. speeding camera, Sarah, you wouldn't be happy because then people would still be smoking in public and they would be doing all kinds of things to piss you off, right? If you send yeah, me a, hold on, if you send me a, I want to hear a response. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, this is this is a surveillance camera, real time. It's got nothing to do with tickets at all. Right, but you didn't answer my question. I mean, if they, you call frequently. Now, to your credit, you have called about other issues. You, you're not just calling about cameras, although it is your big one these days. Uh, you've called about cameras. You love red light cameras. You love speeding cameras. The more monitoring the government has, the more excited you get. But that's not going to make you happy, is it? Like, if, if, the, if every intersection gets a camera or two. You're still not going to be happy. You're not going to be satisfied with that, right? I mean, you can't get hit by fewer cars. 25 years, you haven't been hit by a single one. <laughs> Only 22 so far. Well, oh, it's 20. My so, so were you, are you 22 years old or did you get hit by a car 22 years ago? No, she. We, I well, never have gotten hit by a car, especially 22, 23 years living in Albuquerque. That's a miracle. Oh, it's 23, I mean, not 22. I want but she's only been a pedestrian that. for 23 years, Wait, right? Did she you drive drove? before that? Well, I drove when I was like 18 or 21. Aren't I, you in your you 50s know, now or 60s? Sarah, I have a hold no, on, I'm, hold I'm on. I have a certificate hanging up here that I made for you citing that you're a, you've been a pedestrian for 23 years. What? Why did in you Albuquerque. start to be? Oh, okay, so oh, yeah, it doesn't specify that. Before, oh, where were you living before Albuquerque? Uh, Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh my God! God. Oh. Wait, are you originally from yeah. Boston? No, I'm. At, I actually grew up in California, and that's oh, okay. A, that's oh my home. God! Okay, now good. we know how she became how she is. Yeah, that figures. Boston, well, I, California, California, and and New Mexico. That's like the Kami trifesta. The, <laughs> The California-Boston-New well, Mexico pipeline. I'm glad you made it back out west, though. I'm really happy to hear you're not up in our area of the country. <laughs> um, well, and then the so, Republic of uh, Massachusetts, that's a communist state. For, for yes, all, it's a commonwealth. Yeah, and I wish we could send it over there to be like right on top of New Mexico. It'd be nice if we could just warp it away from uh, New Hampshire and warp all those commies right down where you live. That would be awesome. Yeah. See, if if I had the commies, I'd see if I could get China uh, to trade me some of their Hong Kong freedom fighters. Yeah, yeah, which, more, more lilies. You know, and, more, uh, and, and that's the thing. That's what I don't understand about, well, I do understand it about uh, politicians. They love to kill people. Sure. But, but the thing is, if they weren't so bloodthirsty, wouldn't Pinochet, instead of throwing people out of helicopters, which is just barbaric, Okay, why didn't he call Castro on the phone? Say, look, Castro, 
you're killing all your capitalists because they won't be good communists for you. And I got these, I'm wasting all kinds of gas, throwing commies out of helicopters <laughs> over here, but you want commies. So rather than trying to turn your capitalists into commies, why don't you just trade for us, for, for some, That's we've what a rational already person. made commies. We've That's got a, completed communists yeah, that nobody, nobody wants to buy. That would be what a rational, thoughtful, <laughs> caring person would do. But again, you are talking about psychopaths who like to murder and torture people so i'd rather just be greedy it's like i'll make some money shipping them back and forth or something thank you sarah for your call tonight appreciate it the number here if you want to join us 603-283-6160 we'll get into uh, the energy problems in europe coming up free talk live you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the website for free, and you can enjoy those there. Our chat service is uh, Matrix Server. And that allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners, as well as uh, a bunch of trolls. It can be a lot of fun, and you can also create your own rooms there. And- What's the line from Star Trek? Never will you see such a depraved hive of villainy and filth. Sounds close. I think that's close to what it was. Yeah. Um, Star Wars. That was Star, Star Wars. Yeah, it was Star Wars. Yeah. Did I say Star Trek? You did, yeah. Oh, wow. They're interchangeable. I mean, yeah. it's the same no, thing. No, oh, yeah. no, oh, this is no. There's fans screaming at their radios. It's the same thing. Absolutely <sighs> not. No, they're they're pretty different. I mean, no, I know. I like Star Wars. I, I like them that's both for like different reasons. Saying that a that a that a that a that a raspberry tort is the same as you know Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> it's it like, is the same. There's the they're, they're both desserts. No, desserts. look, I, I know. Look, there's a huge difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, no doubt. I just like, you know, mm. trolling people. Said, I mean, and that's one of the best ways to do it. The politics are very different. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, Star Wars is technically, at least if you look at the first trilogy, kind of pro-freedom. It has mm. lines that cross. Well, it was anti-imperialism. It it has lines that cross. But Leia was a princess. My, my mind all the time, like. So that's how liberty dies. The thundering applause. The thundering applause. Yes. That was also the prequels. Yeah, that was the prequels. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that was Natalie Portman, and I, yeah, I'll watch that anything sense. that Natalie Portman said. <laughs> she was adorable in V for Vendetta. I've never seen her not be adorable. Mm. She had her head shaved, though. I mean, that's not my preference. Uh, or is I don't know. I dated a bald chick for a while. Did you? I could tolerate it, it but was, like uh, it wouldn't be my preference as well. She's know. not feminine enough. To yeah, me. it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. We were having sex. I'd run my fingers through my own hair. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of either one, but I've seen all mm. the Star Wars movies. I've certainly not seen you know a fraction of the the Star Trek. Obviously, it's a much bigger. There, there's presence. a lot of it, but the thing that I love about star trek and this does not exist in the, is it the jedi in the star wars 
uh, universe. The thing that I like about Star Trek is like, especially the original series, basically having a starship flying around is just a vehicle to be able to look at a bunch of situations that are almost but not quite exactly like the situation of humanity and say, what if this was a little bit different? What Mm -hmm. if that was a little bit different? And do a little, like, morality play. And the thing is, they they were good enough at it that it it was a it was a morality play where where different people would come to different conclusions is it true that gene roddenberry was a communist i uh, heard that rumor i, I don't, don't believe he was a communist i believe he was a uh definitely a socialist mm-hmm. But um, the Star Trek world that he crafted is a communist world i i would not i would not agree with that um the because the thing is in all of the um all of the voyages of the star trek enterprise you know what it never has to do it never has to go pick up some tax money or kill somebody for not paying their taxes um it's it's never a, a shakedown with them well that and just it, means it's not realistic well but but the thing is there there is an explanation that fits with the canon of that of that universe which is that it became extremely cheap to produce stuff the replicator and machine because of because of the replicator because of a thousand pieces of technology the replicators didn't exist in uh, the original star trek oh, really? they were they were invented between then and mm. uh, the next generation um although they had something they had like food dispensers on the other uh, on the mm. other enterprise, but it didn't dispense things. But the other rational possibility, and this could actually happen if it becomes cheap enough to produce things that like providing enough stuff to the whole world takes two hours of labor a day. Yeah. Um, you know, it might well be that the charitable organizations would find themselves taking in more and paying out less and eventually would say, well, what if we invest all this money in replicators? Um, and uh, because the thing is, without the government taking things, which it doesn't seem to do. Um, well, that's because uh, I mean, if that's somebody because there's replicator do... technology in Star Trek, though. So, yeah. I mean, scarcity in the Star Trek universe does not exist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, a post scarcity uni- uh, a, a post scarcity uh, universe. Uh, it it, and of course, they're not completely uh, post scarcity, but but that basically economics doesn't exist right in a post scarcity universe because mm. economics is defined as the study of how societies use uh use uh scarce goods to supply unlimited human desires mm. but the thing is eventually you can't eat another bite you know so eventually it is certainly possible that things will become a great deal less 
scarce and mm-hmm. people have to find other things to do with their time um, because they really don't need that much like anymore. Like build spaceships and explore. But, but the well, thing that's is, what people the have only this... way we would ever get there is through free market. Mm-hmm. That's what people have written about the, st- the Star Trek universe, right? It's that, yeah, mm-hmm. the Star Trek Enterprise, all of that stuff, Starfleet, it looks great. But if you, well, look, at, in the oh, military. Okay, if you look at what life is actually like for the average person on Earth, it's a dystopian nightmare where they... they in that series, you mean? Yeah, where they're essentially just like the people in the movie... Uh, uh, Wally, where they're just oh. fat, sloven, Garbage lazy world. people because mm-hmm. there's nothing for them to do with their time. Okay, that's not borne out by the canon of Star of Star Trek. What I didn't you say that see, it was. Uh, is is a lot of people like the scientists In who fact, are just studying things. They're just doing that as a hobby because that's what they want to do. You know what I would do? Yeah, there's a reason Star I Trek never shows those people on Earth, and I never had to work again. I'd sit around and write open source code because I love doing it. Yeah, you realize there's a reason the Star Trek series movies they never showed the average person on Earth. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing mm. you get you get a different the view you get of uh, of their society is what is it like to be in the military yeah. and what it's like to be mi- in the military anywhere outside the third world is all of your basic needs are taken care of. There's more coming up here. Uh, if you want to join us, we can have this discussion if you want. Uh, also, the European energy situation, you can, because unfortunately scarcity does still exist in the real world. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about Star Wars and Star Trek or real-life energy policy, uh, you can bring up whatever you want to talk about here. Also, coming up this week, uh, coming up in just a couple days, Free Talk Live is going to make a major change to your podcast listening experience. If you're a radio listener, this will not affect you at all. Uh, but if you are a uh, an online listener of some sort, especially podcast listener, you're going to need to know about this. We are going to throw a switch coming up in a few days, September 1st. And uh, at that point, the podcast will change to being a Daily Digest only feed. But the Daily Digest will be expanding. It actually already has expanded. It's now Instead of like a 20, 30-minute thing every night, it's now closer to 50 minutes from what I've been seeing. Uh, Riley, who uh, is our our friend who has been doing the Daily Digest for years on a volunteer basis, is coming on officially to uh, crank them out as part of, you know, officially part of the show. Hmm. And uh, so that's really cool. And the idea behind this was we thought that, well, maybe something's been holding us back with our podcast. Because we've been doing podcasting mm-hmm. for a long time. So what is it that might be preventing Free Talk Live from experiencing significant growth or even insignificant growth? Uh, It could be that we're doing a radio show as a podcast. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's not what podcast listeners are looking for. Well, that's one of the reasons behind uh, Beard Talk Live, Mm -hmm. which I want to be a much more video-centric show because we're not... Uh, I mean, partially, you have the distribution channels that you have, and most most podcasters don't have to, you know, two hundred radio stations to broadcast they on. Don't. So that 
changes what's the effective use of their time because the people listening on on regular radio aren't going to be- benefit from video but That's right. we don't have that in the late show so it makes sense for us to focus more on on video and i'm hoping olivia gets her butt up here sometime soon because i i i'm thinking that she would be a good co-host for to do something very with. very well possibly um so the point i'm not of, sure beard talk live would be the right place for it though well i heard that they might have a, uh, a strap no, on beard not unless she's gonna uh, go wasn't that your idea to bring a strap-on beard into the the studio, or was that Captain's? Um, One of y'all had that we, idea. We, I do remember us us discussing that that we might we might bring in fake beards yeah in the case of somebody who doesn't have a beard needing to sit in to replace one of the the usuals uh but so the point, and if you bring a clam and the clam has the beard that that's okay the point of uh what you're saying there is you know it's hard to to be all things at once and so we yeah, are a radio show uh we're a radio show that has always had an internet presence mm-hmm. we've always uh, made our full radio show available for downloads with the only editing being cutting out commercial breaks and cutting out the news breaks and that uh, that leaves you a two hour long show when it comes down you know take a three hour show on the radio take it into a two hour podcast mm-hmm. but still that's a long time and it still contains a lot of radio related stuff like resetting when we come back from break kind of setting the table about what the topic is over and mm-hmm. over and over again and it could be that some podcast listeners are just like yeah this uh i'm, I'm not into this you know so maybe yeah. switching from that to a format that just takes the highlights of the radio show, cuts a two-hour radio show down to a 45-minute uh, radio show. Maybe that's what, you know, the magic sauce we've been looking for this whole time. Or maybe it won't work at all. I mean, we have to try something new, so that's what we're going to do starting on se- uh, September 1st. If You know, that actually, if you could figure out how to capitalize on it, that would probably be a really good business for uh, for somebody because it happens all the time that I'll turn on like uh, Megan uh, Megan Kelly or or Viva Fry up uh, mm-hmm. who's down in Florida now I think he left the Canada. Canadian guy yeah he left Canada I think huh. um, I might be wrong he might have been on vacation Maybe. but I think he fled he was just huh. like I'm I'm not putting up with this anymore i'm getting out uh which i don't blame him i don't know what he was thinking not coming to new hampshire we would love yeah, him yeah there's, there's a lot but, of propaganda for florida but anyway go ahead um so you're saying you're tuning into his show you're tuning oh, into this other one and and i'll look at the clock and i'll be like oh my god it's a three-hour show I mm-hmm. do a three-hour show, and that means I don't have time to listen to a three-hour <laughs> right. show. Um, so highlights, you would like a highlight? I reel, would love basically. to be able yeah. to listen to the best forty-five minutes of of mm-hmm. of those three-hour shows. Joe Rogan, he's another one, right? Um, so if somebody found a way to like edit those and get paid for it. That would be a beautiful thing. It could be done. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what level of support there is for it, but uh, I bet there's a lot of other people that are like you that are time challenged, time sensitive. Yeah. And, uh, they just don't have time for a three hour investment. So, so we'll see how it works a three out. Three hour tour. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it uh, how it plays out. And uh, for those that do still want to receive the full radio show, there will still be ways to do that. Um, our podcast is uh, our amp only podcast is available through Patreon, which is the full radio show with no commercial breaks, just the way it's always been. Uh, and I think something that I've learned that some people don't understand about Patreon that we should focus on is that they offer an RSS feed custom for every single uh, user of Patreon. So somebody contacted me via email uh, saying that. 
oh, well, now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing what you're doing, but it means it's going to be more steps for me because now I'm going to have to use the Patreon app instead of my podcast app. I said, no, 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 no. You should be able to just get an RSS feed from Patreon, mm-hmm. drop that in your podcast app, and then you're good to go. So yep. this this should be you know pretty easy for people to adapt to in that case. There's now a Bitcoin cash um, fundraising platform. There's been one. I can't remember what it's called, but apparently, Kickstar- no, not Kickstarter. Kickstarter no, yes. no, no, no. That's it's. It sounds similar to Kickstarter, I think, but it's Jumpstarter, uh, Flipstarter, maybe Flipstarter. Flipstarter. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so anyway, this thing exists, and and since it's there, um. Would you mind if I uh, if I set up the crypto part of the uh, AMPS program on their fundraising service and see if I can get any crypto in? Um, I mean, I can't do anything with it, so that, I, I know I know you can't, but yeah. I, and we can't give. Unfortunately, Patreon doesn't have uh, they, they don't have a manual subscription option. I was looking into this mm-hmm. the other night. I was like, well, what if somebody is doesn't have a credit card or a debit yeah. card or a PayPal account or something like that, and they want to pay with an ounce of silver or whatever. Because we used to do that with AMP. If somebody wanted to, to you know, give us an ounce sure. of silver or crypto or whatever, we would do that. And uh, unfortunately, there's no way for me to just go in there and create an account in that system. So for right mm. now, right, and that's given not that crypto fly. is no well, use to so many people on the show, it doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense for the show to bring but in crypto if you want to take donations for what you do the, in crypto or for Beard Talk Live, then that's completely okay. up to you. Well, uh, I case. I haven't gotten that much in uh, that much in donations during my entire career, so I th- I, th- I think probably five minutes of uh, or I'm sorry five percent of raising raising funds for somebody else would probably be better, but that's okay. There's a lot of people out there who uh, who are doing things. Honestly, I'm not a very good fundraiser either. Uh, I mean, I wish that I, I wish that I was, but I I'm just not for whatever reason. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you want to join us, but if you want to get into the the amp, uh, the amp only uh, Patreon feed, then you can just go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's one way you can get the full radio show after we drop that from the official podcast feed coming up on september 1st if you want to support nobody directly did you get that page up yet that you were talking about doing i have not gotten that page up i've been up to my butt and sell 411 because i i figure that right around release time um i'll probably do that when the when the bug reports Mm -hmm. slow down from the from the testers i see because i don't really expect to get that many donations until i've delivered a A you know a full version sure Well, I just, you know, to have something that you can point to on the radio is maybe a good idea. You know what I mean? I can point to it, but nobody will see me. I'm talking about the uh, the page, right? (laughs) So if you if you are wanting to get some contributions from folks, you're right. I should do that. You got to grease the wheels. You got to make it easy for them. uh, Make it. You know, they can contact you via uh, copblock. What was the email address? Copblock. App. What's the email though? Dev. uh, Copblock. Dev officially, Mm -hmm. but uh, frankly, if you send it to anything at copblock. Dev or copblock. App, it will end up in my mailbox unless it goes to a specific other so user. That's one way to do it, but to actually have a website people could go yeah. to and just get or it done. Or you can send that's it to, to it. Uh, electnobody.com. All right, there's more coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts with us. We'll get into maybe the uh, European energy situation. It could be turning into a nightmare for those people. It's Free Talk Live.
Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for you if you dial in now. Number 603-283-6160. Here with you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Please enjoy the features on that site for free. That's freetalklive.com. We're going to your phone calls and thoughts. We'll start out with Chris listening in Jackson, Michigan to WKHM. Go ahead, Chris. I was born in Jackson, Michigan. You were, huh? Yes, sir. Well, good for you. <laughs> um. I don't know. I never I never saw it after that. They whisked me off to Ann Arbor to be adopted. Well, that's good. What's that's on your mind good. tonight, Chris? Well, uh, you know, you're talking about Star Trek. Uh, and uh, Gene Roddenberry, I think, I think Gene Roddenberry was more of a historian than a uh, than a uh, oh, a, a person to present uh, communism or anything. Because if you look at all the different shows that he did, he would do a whole show on a particular government. Uh, he did Nazis. Hmm. He did. Um, he did the old mob back in the 30s. He did... Um, Sicily is the only country on earth that has ever exported their government at a profit. Who was that? Uh, um, the Sicilian government, Sicily. the Sicily. Basically, the mafia was the government of the of the of the uh, of Sicily by virtue of it was more or less anarchy there, and and so people would uh, you except know, they had there, a violent there were tribal tribal guys who basically they had they had a big family and and they were used to governing a kind of governing a, a tribe and so you know people would hire them to to for actual protection yeah but you know because they any... wanted protection now of course yeah, hold on no 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 you they know they grew than into anyone. a government and i can tell you exactly when they crossed the line into the government it was when because uh, usually if a salesman doesn't make a sale, he gives you a business card and he says, well, if you if you have any second thoughts or any questions, give me a call. The mafia come down and burn your house down. So that's the problem with them. But that's but that's how how governments operate. I, I don't understand why you would characterize any aspect of that as anarchy. Uh, because a lot of things are going to happen under anarchy that you and I don't like, because although I think we have a wonderful philosophy, we have a philosophy that not everybody shares. And so, you know, the Hells Angels are still going to be a thing under anarchy. As a matter of fact, they may be a larger thing. They may be a government. I think we in strayed some away area. from what Chris was calling about, though. Chris, I think you had more. You it's insulting that he would call that anarchy. I think you. Well, you guys can get into that in a bit. But Chris, uh, you had more to say. I think. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> maybe maybe we shouldn't present it as a government. Maybe we should present it as society. So different societies, because there can be. Different governments and different and uh, like two governments in one society, there can be that. But you're saying uh, that uh, Roddenberry took those uh, those societies or governments and made them into characters by a different name, basically in his original series. Is that right? Well, shows mm-hmm. uh, presented as as he knew it. What other and, shows uh, did he have? Because Star Trek was the only one that I knew of. Well, I think he's talking about episodes. Okay. Ron Barry, he was a he was a big writer. You ever watch uh, Paladin? Paladin he wrote a lot of 
Yeah, it was a Western show. He he started out in Westerns. Oh, okay. As everybody did down back then, because that was like 90% of what was on TV. Chris, uh, thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? No, but uh, there's a lot more to uh, share on that. You guys might want to go go through it. Well, feel free you know. to call any any old night. We do have some other folks here waiting mm-hmm. on the line because everybody waited till the last segment to call into the show. Of course, so thank the you. The earlier call you call, the more likely you are to get in in a reasonable time. It's true. Let's talk to Jack. He's in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live, Jack. Um, yeah, I want to call about Star Trek, Star Wars, and kind of a little pop question. Okay, but Groovy. are you? Arya seems very kind of like, I don't know, you're not being yourself as much tonight. And that's kind of, we're kind of, I'm kind of missing it. She's not being me, is she? I don't know. I don't know. She seems like Arya to me. I'm not sure what aspect of her you feel is missing. Her opinions, I like them. But uh, Star Wars, (laughs) Star Trek comment. Uh, Did you guys ever watch The Big Bang Theory? Oh, a little the, bit. The show about the the geeks, the sitcom about yeah. the geeks, the friends, yeah. basically friends with geeks. I, I didn't like that it that it portrayed geeks as so weak. I hmm. I really yeah, I didn't. Because that, that's why I'm calling. Is you remind me of like kind of like a bizarro world Sheldon. Yeah, I'm an evil Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and Sheldon's kind of a dick to begin with. Um, <laughs> that was the I uh, seen the show. I saw the show while I was in jail last year. I think for the first time, Sheldon was the well. They're all pretty, they're all pretty geeky, but the skinny guy who was like autistic or whatever. I cannot work this no, way. I am an artist. <laughs> no, there was, uh, the Jewish kid with the mom that screamed. There was the Indian kid Raj, mm-hmm. uh, Penny, and then Leonard. Leonard was in like. You know, Christmas vacation. He's been around. It's kind of surprising nobody called them Nazis. Yeah, but I actually related with Penny the most. Have you seen the show, Aria? You look like you're on the conversation. Okay, okay. So, what about this show? I mean, what you were just saying? You thought nobody was similar to a character? Yeah, Sheldon. The bizarre world, Sheldon. Gotcha. I can feel like. I watched the show, so I'm like the Suave and Deboner Sheldon. (laughs) Deboner. Air tonight of some weird sort I can't pick out, and I could be wrong. I'm just a listener. Just my huh. Thanks for calling tonight, uh, Jack. Appreciate hearing from you. I thought, I thought we'll be show sure to run a diagnostic on all of Aria's systems when we get. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the Big Bang Theory. I mean, it, it lost its way as shows Did do it? after they go on long enough. Around the time mm-hmm. Howard went to space, it got stupid and it became unwatchable. Did it jump the shark when? Yeah, he went it to... jumped the shark as all shows do. Mm-hmm. With There's the a lot of sharks out there. As far as I'm aware, the only one that's run that long without jumping the shark was has probably been South Park. Mm. It's jumped the shark a couple of times. It just it seems to know out, how to jump back. It started out by jumping the shark, yeah, well, though. There you go. <laughs> I mean, so. season three was the first time I said, I can't watch this crap anymore. South Park? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mr. Hankey. I was not impressed with Mr. Hankey. Not even a little bit. But they brought you back. Yeah, they brought me back. Okay. That and, was definitely a moment of jumping the shark, though. The the talking poo, the okay. talking yeah. Christmas poo. I yeah. remember that one. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't see how that was a parody because it was nothing like anything that I would ever want to 
have happen or see. Well, wasn't that really before <laughs> they found their own by doing parodies? And uh, but mm. by then it was just a lot of you know uh, crude like humor. humor, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know it sort of became a parody show as time mm-hmm. went on. Yeah, it started out as something that you laughed at because it was like two years ago you couldn't have done this on tv yeah yeah like saying you the know. s word a bunch of times yeah in exactly yeah. they actually put a counter yeah, up on the screen <laughs> yeah. to say we can do this now we've gained in the in in free speech i was impressed with that i was shocked by and we that did gain time. a lot because of south park and its creators and their willingness to push the envelope mm-hmm. like they yeah. went into this in one of the making of south park documentaries or whatever where they have the fcc person who's constantly getting called and you know with normal shows they were like I don't know about this, but when it's South Park, like, okay, it's just South Park being South Park. Rubber stamp it. Yeah, it's it's like people were so, um, I think a lot of people were, were really shocked by South Park and some of the things they said. And they were also, in the beginning, although I don't know if they, if they really stayed true to this, in the beginning... Um, you know, there was there was actually a, a term, South Park Republican, that was pretty much a libertarian who wanted to win elections. Mm. Um, you so we had a lot of those here in New Hampshire. Let me bring Law Dog on here. Uh, you don't have much time, Law Dog. About thirty seconds. Go ahead. Okay, quick. Uh, freedom from financial um, uh, slavery. Uh, disclaimer: uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I did uh, uh, spend all night at a Holiday Inn Express watching Perry Mason reruns. Were you that guy? Turn your, sh- turn, your, turn your show down next time. That was loud. Stop making the minimum monthly payments on your credit card, Dad. Wait six months for junk debt buyers to purchase it for three cents on the dollar. Always answer the verification letter in the following way. I dispute your alleged debt. Please verify or validate. Okay, well, this is not legal advice, uh, so we don't know what whether that's going to work. I or don't not. think it's comprehensible either. Yeah, and do you understand it? Am I don't know. I, well, unfortunately, we don't have there? time to ask him any questions about it, so I don't want to have a I don't want to have a caller just making claims at the end of the show that we can't suss out in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if any of that stuff he said is true. He's yeah. just some guy with a phone. Just uh, call in tomorrow <laughs> if you want, and we can talk to you further about it. But just don't call in the last segment, otherwise we won't have time. We'll see you tomorrow. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.